0: Hello, welcome to a very, very special Spurs show uh, for you all around the world. It's a hands across the nation. It's like a, a joint recording. Not only will you hear this on the normal Spurs show feed, for those of you that listen to the wonderful Steve Pearman podcast, you're getting that as well. So I've introduce myself in case you've no idea who this is. My name is Mike Lee. I'm co-host of the Spurs show. Uh, a Tottenham podcast that's been droning on since 2007
2: now (laughs) and that's why they all know you don't (laughs) make out they don't
0: it's exactly and joining me tonight is my co-host of many years Theo Delaney how are you Theo I'm good Mike good to see you mate nice to see you too and also joining us uh, a woman who's been on both podcasts and is now on both podcasts again it's almost like uh when uh, Steve, who's coming on in '81, no, Steve Archibald, when he did Ozzy's Dream on top of the pops, he also was doing the uh, Scotland uh, song ah. as well with B.A. Robinson. It's a bit like that tonight, when you're doing two yeah. two for the price of one. Julie Welsh joins us. How are you, Julie? Well,
3: I'm uh, still waiting <laughs> to see if Porro is going to sign. We all are. I'm waiting yeah. to see who we're going to get.
0: There's more chances, let's face it, there's more chances of Zorro signing them borrow, probably <laughs> hey. come on he's here all week try the veal uh, I know it's uh, it's this is this is what it's like being a Tottenham fan it's just it's the hope that kills you
2: but if we can borrow mm. something we might get him
1: we can borrow we can get Toro yeah. absolutely <laughs> is that his name? Poro. Poro that's it and that <laughs> exactly. was
2: that was the sound of a man yeah. well, well
0: he needs literally no introduction but I'll give him one anyway uh mr tottenham himself steve powerman how are you steve
2: very well thank you mike lovely to speak to you and you're you're looking you've got a glow on you are <laughs> yeah. in yeah. portugal yeah. and we're all freezing here but yeah. apart from that yeah fine. it's been
0: sunny 13 degrees can't can't, can't complain well we've got lots to cover and the main thing we're going to talk about tonight is julian steve's wonderful book 81 another fantastic coffee book from VSP publishing and one of the reasons we're doing it we've got an offer for all of you listening um for those of you who don't know there's two editions to the book there's the standard book uh which I mean, the book's pretty much the same, but there's the standard book and then there's the special one, the one in the leather style box with a print signed by Ricky Veer. Also, there's uh, copies uh, that's signed by Steve as well. And you can get either copy at shop.visionsp.co.uk. Don't don't worry if you've even got a pen. This will be on the link in uh, the pod description. Just click the link. And for everyone listening, when you go into... Uh, uh, go to pay, there'll be a discount uh, box. If you type in TSS, short for The Spurs Show, you will get 20% off, not only this book, but other VSP books. And obviously, Julie's written the wonderful, the official biography of Tottenham Hotspur, Steve Perriman of Spur Forever, uh, there's The Spurs Shirt, Coffee Table Book, The Lane, The 61 Book, Boys from White Hart Lane, so many brilliant Tottenham books. Twenty 20% off, 20% off the lot by putting in TSS. Before we talk about the book, Steve, there, there was obviously a game um, at the weekend. Uh, we marched into the FA Cup fifth round. We played Preston North End. Uh, not a great... I mean, I, I, my, my father tells me going up there in 66, when Tottenham was still really in their pomp... And uh, Jimmy Greaves scored, and we lost 2-1. And he said he'd never heard such a quiet car coming all the way back, probably then on the A1, I would have thought. Um, So it it was a potential banana skin, wasn't it? But uh, we kind of handled it, I thought, quite professionally in the end, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I was given a talk locally Mm. on uh, Saturday. The timing was good. I do local talks because no petrol, no traffic. No stress. <laughs> know this and know that. And then my friend up in Huddersfield decided to open a spa uh, within these uh, lifestyle offices, right. and it was going to open on the Friday.
0: Right.
2: And out of loyalty, I had to go. Of course I did. So got up Saturday morning and had to drive three and a half hours to get to my local talk. Wow. Which <laughs> normally involves no stress, no traffic, no... Petrol. You must no be driving hotel. very
0: quickly, three and a half hours from where I know you live. That's 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 some
2: going, isn't it? To Huddersfield. I've moved from Devon. Do you know I'm in Wiltshire now? No. Oh, there yes. you are. Well, that's yes, probably yes, it's yes. slightly quicker. So, uh, what I did was I watched the first half, mm. got picked up by someone. I um, haven't had a sleep for an hour in the afternoon <laughs> before the talk, as I need to have these days. It's <clears throat> back to the old uh, preparing for games. I was sleeping in the afternoon. <clears throat> and um, as i walked into the function place in chippenham um still nil nil just after half time mm. and as i walked through the door son scored that magnificent goal
0: wonderful wasn't it
2: and then it went then it went better from there yes. so uh, delighted with it i have memories of uh, preston in the past mm. i have to look it up by the way and mm. on october the 27th uh, 1971 We played Preston North End at home in the League Cup. We drew 1-1, which would have been a disappointing game result. So we went to Preston uh, some weeks later and won 2-1 in the replay. And Perryman and Chivers scored. Now, that is not usual for Perryman to score, as we all know. And even more unusual, I scored a header from the edge of the box. How it happened, who... Who's gonna take the opposite to credit? Who's gonna take the blame yeah. from a Preston North End point of view? Who was the goalkeeper that got beat by a Steve Perriman header? <laughs> was it <a> deliberate <laughs> header or was it was
0: it was meant to be a knockdown to someone?
2: Uh, it was a header. It was a header. So um <laughs> It was a deliberate it was a, it was a I think it might have been from a I think it might have been a corner wow. mistaken that wow. ended up removing the edge of the box. <laughs> and everyone just froze. Wow. Anyway. So uh, but delighted they got through. Fantastic. You know, we, we need something to cheer, don't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Theo, I, I'm assuming you are, but I'd, I'd ask again, people who never heard us before who listening on the Steve Payment podcast. Are you one of these people that would rather win the FA Cup than finish top four? Surely you're one of these people. Some Uh, people, some people go, "Oh no, no, top four's more important. Sod the money, sod the all what it means to UEFA points and all that. Who cares if you're a fan? It's all about." days out surely it's all about memories that you remember we're going to talk about some memories in in this book in a minute surely that's more important
1: I'm not I've always been really I've always found that question incredibly difficult because you say all that I agree with you and we desperately desperately need a day out and some glory I can't believe how long it's been I mean it's incredible someone has said to us in 91 as we walked away from Wembley it'll be 2023 you still won't have won the FA Cup again we'd been absolutely gobsmacked But it's not, it's not, it's not about the money and stuff. It's about the whole season and, and the whole identity of the club is changed If you're in the champions League. So you've got that champions league to look forward to. It's a bit like, I always think champions league is a bit like promotion. You know, there's the premier league, then there's the champions league. People talk about playoffs being the biggest games, because it, if you win a playoff, the whole of your next season is, is um, improved. And it's the same getting in the champions league. So I don't know. I'm not as clear cut as you about that. I'm, I find myself. I'm sitting on the fence here, Mike. I'm sitting but on the fence. You, but you are. But,
0: I mean, Julie, from a fan's perspective, you know, and we've all been going for... God, I, 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 if we had all the years together, we've all been going. It'd be quite staggering. Surely, and again, the fact you've written the official biography of Tottenham Hotspur, when you're sitting there and you get a season, you go, well, this is going to be easy, this writes itself, we won something this season. Surely it's more important from a fan's perspective to have these memories of these wonderful games we're going to talk about later than getting into a group stage scraping through going out probably in this in the last 32 everyone forgets about it years on surely from a fan's perspective i know financially it means more but and also what's what's your take on that julie before we ask
3: well i think for me the champions league just prolonged it's just prolonged pain
0: you know because
3: (laughs) because you start all hopeful and then you know you you worry about getting through the group stage and and then you know ah um I've just 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 this once just this season all I want really is just the big shiny trophy like we had in the past, you know, the dim and distant past. There's a lot of Spurs fans who weren't born when we last won the FA Cup. Exactly. I, I, I just, I've, I've always loved the FA Cup anyway because it, it's just such a it, it's just such a grand competition. Um I can remember the first time I ever saw the FA Cup. They had it on display somewhere and um you know I was at some press do and I can remember walking around it and looking at all those sort of names engraved on the trophy and seeing the name of your club on the trophy. It's just so important to me. Um, and I oh yeah honestly I can see all the economic argument for the Champions League but it does go on doesn't it? I mean, you know, and it ne- the the big disappointment in Pochettino's regime, um that semi-final and um what happened afterwards. And I, I just thought, is that how it's always gonna be? Can't we just win an FA Cup? Please,
0: mm. please. Steve, is as, as a player, if I mean do you think modern players, I mean I know modern players Don't go to the pub anymore after the game. But let's, for the sake of the argument, let's say they did. Do you think um, modern players would be talking to, you know, mates who play for other teams? Do you think they get the old, show us your medals, show us your medals? Or do you think it's more like, hey, we're Champions League, season in, season out? Surely a professional football, is still about what you've actually tangible medals in front of you than, oh, we got into the group stages in 2023.
2: Easy answer for me because I don't have to sign the money check for players' wages and stuff. So I'm not interested in the money either. I'm interested in the glory that you gain by winning a trophy. And I've had two eras of somewhat success at Tottenham, early 70s, early 80s. It all springs and stems from the first trophy. You go into the next season more confidence. The crowd believe in you. You believe in your own club. The the owners, not that we knew who they were, um, <laughs> yeah, that's believe that's in changed. you. Yeah, yeah they, they believe in you a bit more because you've actually got something solid in front of you. And uh therefore, I think an FA Cup win this year, great last year, because we were out of the FA Cup, we we're out of everything. And can we finish fourth? And then once we put all our effort into that, we did. Fantastic! That's that's the best way to get to get Champions League when there's nothing else left. Yeah. While we're in the FA Cup, let's go for the FA Cup, please, please.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely right. Well, I mean, as we're recording this show, uh, the draw is about in about forty five minutes. So uh, we'll see yeah. if we still were uh, talking then, or we'll, we'll, we'll nip, yeah. nip downstairs and. And have a look. Um, Theo, the other thing that's going on, and uh, as we record this, tomorrow at about 11pm, the transfer deadline window closes, and yet again, us Spurs fans are sitting, hoping, waiting for something to happen. It's the longest... Tottenham transfer saga, I can remember in many years. And boy, we've had a few. We are waiting for Pedro Porro to potentially sign. It all looked like it was done and dusted. If you, again, Judy mentioned off-air, sitting on social media and all these so-called in-the-nose, who haven't got an effing clue what's going on, unless you're in the room. But what... It seems to have been was that the deal was done. We believe that Tottenham wanted to pay in instalments, which in fairness is a, a normal way of, of, of doing deals nowadays because there's so much money involved. And we believe Lisbon turned around and went actually that's going to cost us a bit of money in some kind of banking fees and whatever and supposedly wanted around another two and a half million which Spurs balked at. We believe as we recalled, this talks are still ongoing. Poro didn't train today Uh uh, with Sporting Lisbon. Do you still think, Theo, this deal will get over the line or do you think we've it up again?
1: Well, yeah, it seems to be very much in the balance and we know from experience that the loads of these deals over the years have not got over the line, you know, where we've been waiting, waiting, waiting. But, uh, you know, sometimes they do get it over the line. It's very hard to say. It's funny then that you know, Levy has long had a reputation for moving the goalposts just before a deal is done and uh, making a last-minute change in his, uh, for his own benefit and it seems like he may have been played at his own game here if it is only two and a half a million then of course as fans everyone's saying it's just two and a half million we'll have a week round yeah Yeah. but christ (laughs) two and a half million now i mean you know what what's the problem? But then I guess you think well. But if you just say well, all right, it's only two and a half million. They could keep saying it. Give us another two and a half million till eleven o'clock tomorrow night. Until they but keep... the, the
0: player wants to go. Apparently, the yeah, player waved goodbye. Helps. They played in the League Cup final here. Yeah, I watched against helps. Porto. You see that shot he had that hit the bar. In that no, game, incredible no, shot from right outside the area at the bar. Yeah.
1: But um, yeah, that obviously helps. But again, the trouble with these things is no one wants to be. Everyone's acting tough, aren't they? Levy is like the the the, the sort of the, the the most feared gunslinger in town when it comes to uh, <laughs> when it comes to the transfer window. But that sometimes. You know, he doesn't get his own way, and and I think they, he walks in with his reputation, and they almost sometimes p- p- clubs dig their heels in all the more because they think, well, this guy thinks he's going to get one over on us, and he, mm. we're not we're not going to be like that. I think Lisbon, from what I understand, might have a bit of a reputation for being pretty tricky themselves in the old transfer mug. I mean, maybe they think they're holding the cards. The fans have already. They look at. They only have to look at Twitter. All of the Spurs fans want. What they're desperate for him to to go. They've more or less decided he's coming. Uh, the player wants to go. You know, the club, Tottenham won him. So, what's to stop him asking for a bit more money? I think we might pro- we'll probably get it if we ask for a bit more. Why don't we get them to play the admin fees? They're, pro- they're yeah. bound to do it.
0: Yeah. Julie, is there frustration amongst Tottenham fans that these transfer windows open a certain date? There was the World Cup as well. You know, again, we seem to be the only club that doesn't get his business done early. I, I think the last big name I remember coming to Tottenham and it was announced at the end of a season, he was coming the next season, was Luca Modric. That was like, you know, he was that was like done very early on. He was quite young and it was done. We seem to wait and wait to get these sort of last minute deals over the line. And then when something goes wrong, we're now scrabbling around. If it does not happen... There's no time to get someone else because it doesn't. No other names seem to be coming out. Plan B, as ever, is—is is that the frustration that most of us have?
3: Uh, it just something just went through my mind. Do you remember the uh, AVB regime? Um, uh, sadly, yes. Yeah, when they were trying to sign, was it Moutinho? Yeah, and I can remember that when. Everybody was just sort of checking on early yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the minute, you know, every five minutes, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And it just, I think, you know, the clock just wound down. I can just remember the special hell of it. And I, I'm just thinking then this only, only at Tottenham, only in Tottenham does this happen. Um, as you say, a lot, I mean, a serious club. Really gets its business done early. I mean, you look what's been going on over the last few weeks. Um, I, I think that when Kulusevski and Bentancur came mm-hmm. in the last January window, that seemed very unusual for Tottenham because there was no. End, no it, was also,
0: it was also near the end of that window as well, it, and a lot of fans at the time thought, "Oh God, they couldn't get anyone. They've gone back to Juventus, Pavatici. Well, He's right got two to players for the, plus, you're the right. bench." I mean, yeah. it, it turned out to be a masterstroke, but again, that was also very last minute.
3: I can't follow that up, Mike. <laughs> no, well, yeah, well
0: I'm, I'm just saying, Steve, I mean, you know, you're obviously director of football at Exeter, so you've done probably many, uh, probably not for this kind of money at Exeter, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> knock a few Whoa. knots off, you know. Yeah, but what's your, I mean, you've been in these rooms last minute, uh, Deadline. Give your perspective from a club's point of view where you're trying to get a deal done and
2: someone tries to pull a fast one. What do you do? I don't think we paid money once in a window. <laughs> we took money because uh, we were a selling club, obviously. So, um, so we were never quite in that position. And there's no point hanging on right to the end because from our point of view of needing the money, you know, if it falls through at the last minute because we tried to be too clever, it, you, you're going to lose it. So, you know, I, I think back to the to the early 70s when Bill Nick missed our last game away at Stoke, when if we won, we'd have finished third. It didn't really matter then, but it mattered to us, the players, because we won position money. <laughs> and um, Eddie went one Direction. Bill Nip went the other. Bill eventually signed Ralph Coates in a in a service area car park. And unfortunately got out later that Ralph was um Bill's wife's favorite player.
0: That's right.
2: So you can you can imagine what happened every time Ralph got picked in front of somebody else. It was well, Darky Darkie's picking the team. Mm, yeah. Bullshit. So um, but yeah, I mean, do do it early, but. Spurs was a club then that people wanted to join, weren't they? And it's we we haven't quite got the same shine on us, or the same same gloss on us that we had under Bill Nixday. Day, and and that was created by winning trophies that we come back to. You know, I, I remember Aussie going to Brazil to speak to Aldair uh, when he was manager. Um, the the club weren't impressed with the with the price of the air ticket, by the way. But <laughs> um, met Al Dair in a in a, yes. a hotel restaurant and Al Dair said, When was the last time your club won the the, the championship? And I'm impressed that Aussie knew 61. Mm-hmm. And he walked out. Really? Said wow. no, not for me.
0: Wow. There so, you are.
2: <laughs> So wow. you you need to have done wow. something. this is yeah. what I'm saying. the more it, it doesn't happen for us, mm. the worse it gets. but um you know it you know it might be Mike With you sat in Portugal mm. that the Portuguese are it's one of my favourite places in the world, by the way. Perhaps perhaps we shouldn't deal with anyone living in Portugal. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean,
0: in fairness, Sporting Lisbon have sold some big players the beginning the season. They don't yes. really need the money. Uh, they're sure. not, you know, all these clubs can't obviously pay what Premier League clubs do, but they've sold players. Um, so they're a bit like, that's why they wanted the release clause. And we believe that Tottenham was sort of skirting around with that figure, but, you know, finally went, we're gonna meet the release clause. Yeah. Do this, do this a month ago. Just get on with it. Show a bit yeah. of class and go. That's the release clause, triggered. Here he comes. You, you know, can't
2: win every deal. That's the point. No, of you, course. Cannot be, you cannot be the victor in every single deal. And I think that's probably what we want to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Theo, obviously so far, Dan Juma, who scored on his debut, looked lively, he's come in. Brian mm. Gill has gone back to Seville on loan. The team we bought him from, we've now given him back to the club we bought him from on loan, which I always find a little bit bizarre. Um, it, it's even with power coming in again. It's a very underwhelming transfer window, isn't it, Thea? It is really, but you know, January is hard to pick up players,
1: as we all know. And unless you're Chelsea, and you will literally pay anything, literally anything, they they they're they're threatening to break the break the British record today to get. The Argentinian, yeah, well, out, I saw up, that. Uh, yeah, out of Benfica. So, so unless you're Chelsea, you're going to struggle. Everyone struggles to get players. There are there are some clubs that haven't bought anyone. You know, you've always got to try and take a step back and look at what everyone else is doing. You know, um, so it's a bitty window. I agree. But Poro would be great because he's so massively on brief. He's exactly precisely. What we require a really proper dynamic attacking effective right wing back, and Danjuma looks like a little bit of an underwhelming signing. given that he had two years at Bournemouth and no one can remember anything about it, but um, but he, you know, having said that, he's obviously done quite well in a Villarreal shirt in the Champions League as well. Come to that, so and he looked yeah. okay. He looks hungry. Yes. He looked like yes. he really wanted to. He wanted the on ball. Saturday. He actually yeah. wanted the
0: ball. He wasn't yeah. hiding for the ball, which was he? is
1: great. Uh, it's a shame a bit about Brian kill, but the really good news about that is that they've only loaned him and there's no arrangement for them to buy him because I think in the games that he has played purely out of necessity, he's actually started to look quite good. hasn't he recently and he then had a little run. His, he, had a little he had a little run. run. He had a couple a of free. games. He looked good. And then suddenly he wasn't even getting on the bench again. And you just think, I don't know. I, re- I reckon you give him a few games. I mean, he, he caused problems in a couple of those uh, games that he played. I, I like him. So I'm really relieved that he's not going anywhere long-term.
2: If, the, if there was any problem with him, uh, Brian, Hill, Gil, whatever it's called, it was because he was over-trying.
3: Mm, yes. And
2: when you've struggled to get some minutes, that's what you tend to do. So I don't see it as any bad thing when a player is over-trying. Yeah,
0: yeah. good point. Well, look, let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this extraordinary book that Judy and Steve have put together, 81, back in one minute.
1: 18
0: plus. And we're back for the break. Uh, just to remind uh, those of you uh, on the Spurs show and also the Steve Perman uh, podcast, you're, you're welcome, very, very welcome. Every month, the Spurs show does a monthly event. A little live event. Uh, last week, we had Jerry Armstrong with us. Brilliant, brilliant show. That is out on Friday. Great, great stories. What a raconteur he is. Uh, we've got another one, February the 22nd, with Neil Razor Ruddock. Uh, to get a season ticket, go to season.spurshow.net. I think it's a tenner a month. You and a couple of mates can come to all our events. There's also a couple of tickets for non-season ticket holders. Uh, there'll be a link in the description. Or go to billetto.co. .uk type in Spurs show live and should come out for those of you who want more of this every day for premium content including a daily news show, X-Player interviews, original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com/spurs show and support our show in the process. And just a little plug for those of you going out to Milan on February the 14th. Uh, there's a uh, Spurs supporting comedy nights at lunchtime in Milan. Uh, Under the Lights Comedy Club 12.30 to 2.30 uh, with some uh, stand-up comics all Spurs fans only £12 in advance go to uh or follow Under the Lights Comedy on Instagram or UTL Comedy on Twitter to get more details so before you start necking it uh, in Milan go and have something to eat bowl of pasta listen to some comedy and hopefully there's no comedy on the pitch later on that night. Um, so go and check that out and su- and support some fellow Spurs fans. Right, Julie, when uh, you called... I, mean, I think me and Theo are, are both actually in this book. We were both interviewed, I believe, uh, which was really, really nice of you. Julie and Steve, how did this book come about was it because some, some someone said oh it's 40 year anniversary coming up when this book was written uh came out uh last year uh how, how did it all come about
3: um well it wasn't even i wasn't even that clever thinking about right.
0: anniversaries <laughs> i just thought sort of, i'm sure was... the publisher was the publisher <laughs> went oh you know look it up <laughs> oh 40 years that will do
3: well steve and i've been sort of chatting for a while about you know maybe getting a book together and i don't know um i just was sort of bimbling about my office one day and i suddenly started thinking about the 81 fa cup and of course i was thinking about that run of Ricky's at the end um and i just thought i'd like to write a whole book about that and um (laughs) there we went you know that was it steve liked the idea um, and it was just from a writer's point of view. I mean, all I all I had to do was um listen to Steve, basically. It's the easy, it's the easiest book I've ever written, because um, you know, you just just sort of ask him something, and you know, half an hour later you've got got your whole story. Um, the whole thing about the book is that it just had for a writer, it had a proper narrative, not just you know, the match stage by stage, but the background. Um, Steve having you know, gone into rele- led the team into relegation. Um, that was his sort of great dream to bring them, bring bring us back to glory. Um, and so, you know, what a fantastic sort of arc for for a story. God, that sounds really pompous, but um, it just works so well because Steve is so brilliant to work with. Um, as I say, you know, you just sort of put Zoom on and, and ask him something, and you know, then you go away and make a cup of coffee or something. You know, mm-hmm. and he's told you the whole story. Yeah,
0: <laughs> my perspective well, of, of, of the, the FA Cup thing, this, this eighty one was, I was uh, five when I started going to Spurs in sort of seventy three. So we hadn't won it since nineteen sixty seven. As a kid, fourteen years is a like a lifetime. You know, I remember growing up in the mid-late 70s and we had a terrible run. We had a run where we kept getting knocked out in the third round. All my mates who are Arsenal fans, Liverpool, United were winning it. If I mean, it's it's laughable now that we haven't won it since 1991. I mean, that's almost two generations now haven't seen us lift it. But it really felt like an eternity since we'd won it. Obviously, Steve, you've been at the club uh a, a while obviously you mentioned that the, the 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 two um you know successful teams was it a source of frustration as much for you then that we
2: hadn't got there for so long yeah julie mentioned it um i led us into relegation in the mid to late 70s and remember i joined in 67 and i think the fact that spurs won the um the cup final against Chelsea sort of edged it their way. It wasn't, it wasn't the deciding factor by any means, but actually in a way it was because I've told you the story before, Bill Nicholson said to me, walking across the park car park to, to attend an evening training session. And he walked around the other corner and now we're looking at each other. And he said, Steve, are you going to sign for us or not? Well, uh, yeah. He said, "Because if you don't, you're not getting a cup final ticket." <laughs> Whereas from Chelsea, I was getting my, my dad, my mum, my two brothers, chauffeur-driven car, I'm being taken to the team hotel. I was on the team bus driven to Wembley. I was going to attend the after-match function, etc. So, um, why did I sign for <laughs> Bill Nick? I don't know. But but anyway, so when I joined them in the summer, uh. There was this glow of having won a trophy. And they, they didn't need a glow, actually, because, you know, Greaves, Mackay, Jennings, Knowles, England, wow. So what a group of people. And um, and then I'd been watching the FA Cup finals, born 51. So I was probably knowing what I was watching after about 57, 58. And uh, I remember Knott's Forest. Um winning against somebody 2-1. Uh Dwight scored Luton, beat Luton. And um and you 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 know, you could dream of that. Would that ever happen to me, picking that cup up? And yet you're not even a footballer. Anyway, all of a sudden you are a footballer. you you're playing for a, a famous club. And they've won the FA Cup. And well, who knows? I, Maybe I, I, never thought that I wasn't going to make it. That's the point. So, so if I do make it, if I do, I'm going to be part of this FA Cup tradition with Tottenham. And um, and you know what happened as well? We lost Pat to our rivals. Pat ended up being in three cup finals, and I'm thinking, wow, does that mean I have to leave to get to a cup final? And um, then, bosh, it happened that we Keith got his act together with signing players, especially Archibald and Crooks, having signed the, uh, the Argentinians, of course, is 78, and, and they needed a few seasons to, to settle down. But then, you know, Galvin pops his head up and Roberts pops his head up. And all of a sudden, we've got a unit. And I'm looking at our league position. We, we finished 10th that year. So we weren't over-impressive. But probably since all those players come in together, and I'd obviously learned a bit about captaincy by that time. And um, Glenn, of course, was, was the, the, the main player, but, you know, we had some very good lieutenants around him. And and we had this goal machine at the front. And All of a sudden, it looked like a possibility. And I remember, and it's in the book, getting drawn in the quarterfinal against Exeter City. And it could have been a lot of of tougher games than that, although it turned out to be tough. Um, And we thought, you know what, we got a chance of this. And it went from there Yeah, Theo I mean I, I mentioned there before that we had a
0: run of getting knocked out the third round we then got a bit close I remember I think it was maybe in 80 we got to the quarterfinal against United the season I thought we were going to do it and I, I remember this game vividly it was the one when Liverpool did us in the quarterfinal at Dermot, Aussie uh, was in the near the corner flag Played it to McDermott, flicked it up, great volley pass, Barry Danes, and I really thought we were going to win that 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 day. We played well that day as well. But that yeah. did you think it was going to happen, Theo, as a fan witnessing these these sort of nearly moments?
1: No, I was like you and I was like Stephen as much as I always watched the Cup Final when I was a kid. It was the biggest day of the year. But only Christmas really competed. Christmas and your birthday competed with the cup final. And that's when your team wasn't in it because it was yeah. such a massive day. You know, you got up in the morning so excited. You'd bought the evening standard special edition. You know, you had that. And you and you got up and the, and the coverage started early in the morning. It was the most exciting thing in the world. You, you almost didn't dare imagine what it'd be like if your own team got there, if Spurs got there. And, and because of the age we were, you and I, Mike, we didn't quite remember our team ever being in the cup. final. Obviously we knew that it happened in history, but I mean, so yeah, you didn't dare, you didn't dare dream of it. And of course that team, I mean, uh, as Steve says, the, the, the the final pieces in the puzzle were of course Crooks and Archibald. I remember going to those first games that season and watching them in front of that majestic midfield, you know, and just thinking, I mean, I was what, 14 years of age, but I'm thinking to myself, wow, I, you know, I'm only 14, I'm no expert, but I think this could be, I think we're a pretty special team here. And and everyone said, of course, about Tottenham, they're a cup team. I mean, I don't know what that was based on at that point, because we hadn't won a cup for many you know, for quite a while. But you know, oh, there'll be a cup team. They're not there, they won't win the league, but they're a cup team. And you just started to think, you know, but you didn't dare you didn't dare dream until you got there. And even then. I mean, very nerve-wracking experience, obviously. But I mean, to me, I mean, eighty-one. I'm looking at this book. I've got it in front of me here. It's one it's of the most beautiful. A, it's,
0: a, it's an incredible it's so book. Beautiful. It's an incredible book. If you haven't it's, got it, trust trust us here. Just put I'll tell the you what, I mean, the, you know, we're going to get the first thing you anyway. notice about it is
1: the exquisite it. design. It's Doug Cheeseman, yeah. isn't it? The designer. No, such such He's such a great designer. Yeah. This book is so beautifully done. It's perfect. Do it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of my favourite ever Tottenham shirt which actually features on this cover. The, my favourite ever Tottenham shirt is the 81 Cup Vinyl shirt. And the reason I love it is its simplicity. And it's got that beautiful V-neck with just the one stripe and then the badge
0: right mm. in the middle. Slight shine to it as well. There's a, slight There's shine a little sheen, kit. which we hadn't yeah. really seen up no, to that point very much. No, no it, was
1: the it's,
3: it was the start of shiny shirts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's
1: understated, it's designed, it's graphic <laughs> understatement. And you look at the cover of this book and it's just got, the, it's got an eight and a one and they're cut out. And they're cut out to reveal the figures on the left hand side of Stevie Perriman and on the right hand side of Ricky Velia. And then just at the bottom, right in the middle, just like it was of the shirt, is just the simple badge. No words, no typography. And it just says everything. It's a beautiful thing, this book. It's a beautiful, what we used to call a coffee table book, is what it seems in appearance. But you get your cake and eat it because it's a coffee table book with loads of great prose in it, you know, and the, the whole story in, told in great detail. And uh, I said, i told julie this and uh, i said the night we won that cup i got home the next day i was exhausted and my dad came around my parents were they were estranged but he came around for some reason rather he said did you go to that game yesterday i said yes i was there he said oh what was it like and i said it was the best night of my life wow. mm-hmm. and he said oh dear <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived much of a life yeah that's what he was basically saying yeah. but you know what yeah. I look at it I look back on it and I think it's still right up there
0: it is right up there yeah I, I I remember we we'll obviously talk about Hybe, but I remember going obviously it was the Exeter game Steve was right it was very cagey and a tough game against Exeter didn't Miller and Roberts score both our defenders yep. scored yes. in the end which yes. is very unusual but I remember going up to Hillsborough, which is probably the furthest I'd ever travelled to see Tottenham play. I was 13, 14. And I remember sitting there on the side of the ground when um, Clive Thomas gave the uh, penalty for Kenny Hibbert against Hoddle. And you could see where I was, that Hoddle absolutely touched the ball. And it was a few minutes to go. Hibbert went over. And I burst out crying. I was like, I can't believe it's so <laughs> close again. And it's, it's, it's happened. And then, but... Looking back, I'm glad it happened, because if it didn't happen, we wouldn't have had that night at Highbury, which can you imagine now? uh, A a cup semi-final going down the road. There was hardly any Wolves fans there. They had a bit of um, the clock end, I think half the clock end. So it was easily three sides or Tottenham. What was that like, Steve, coming out for probably the warm-up? And just coming to this this ground, obviously, you knew so well, uh, obviously, and now it's
2: just all Tottenham there. It must have been giving the, you players such a lift. On the bus ride home after Hillsborough, we were absolutely convinced that we were going to win. But abs- there was no doubt. There was no doubt, and that's how we played. The fact that uh, Andy Gray was not in the team didn't hurt our chances, did it? And um, so the confidence just grew, and now you're on the stage of our neighbors. By the way, I went to a a, a function the other night listening to Charlie George, and he never mentioned our name once. <laughs> and when he come to tell a story about us, he said, "Stevie's team oh. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what it means, yeah, and that's what it, and that's what it meant to get through that important game. To get back on the real stage. It's all right being a good team. It's all right showing improvements in this way and that way. But actually, you've got to get on the stage first. And that was that was what we did on that evening. And, and when I look at those goals, I am so proud of how we played that night. And backed by, talk about a crowd giving you energy. In Japan, they talk about the crowd giving power to your legs well they gave us power that night mm.
0: I mean you've, you've you've stood alongside in many many games uh Mr Glenn Holdall and watched his range of passing would you put that pass for the second goal for Garth Crooks where he was quite deep in his own half certainly half went our half half the way he played that ball whereby Garth Crooks who you know got going didn't have to break his stride would that Say, would you say, Steve, that was probably one of the, I mean, a pass that led to a goal as well? And it's such an important goal. Sure. That's got to be up there as one of the greatest passes of all time, surely.
2: Uh, I go back to an Aussie quote. Some people give you the ball, it's round. And some people give you the ball and it's a cube. Meaning one you can work with and one you can't work with. Glenn Hoddle played that perfectly. The pace, the direction. Everything, the manner in which he did it, he, he did it like an artist, playing it through. And then, whenever I watch it on video, I'm convinced that they've speeded up the film because Garth was like a rat up <laughs> a drainpipe, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Wow! Absolutely. And yeah. and to finish it, yeah. wow. yeah.
0: I mean, the modern player yeah. now could, would have gone too early. It would be, oh god, he's offside or something. Offside. It's gone too early. You're like, oh no, yeah. you know. Well, that's
2: the that's the great thing about if you're a front man playing with Glen Hoddle, you go with the knowledge that it's probably going to be played where you want it, when you want it, and that that applied to that pass. So fantastic, great, I loved it, loved it, and Ricky's goal to finish it off. Wow. And probably the most important goal that night was Gar's first one, because that just calms any nerves. And I don't think we had nerves that night, but if we anyone did, that was calming, calmed it all down.
0: Yeah. When you when you did the book, Steve, did you? I mean, again, you played obviously the most games ever for Tottenham Hotspur. Were there games that you had to sort of go back and look at again? I mean, I'm, a th- I'm you know, I struggle with the third round. First and the replay, QPR. I had no memory of that. What happened there? Did you have well, to look is, back and sort of go, or do you generally remember some, that whole run?
2: Some games, some games stand out obviously, and QPR stood out that we were very poor on that day, very poor, and sort of luckily got a draw. And you know, there's, there's always a bit of luck in winning any trophy, and QPR was 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 that matter of, of fact. So. Um, yeah, uh, I actually your podcast. I did a podcast. We did for a you.
0: lockdown when
2: the. the yeah. that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah.
2: That that didn't do my memory any harm. That's right. Yeah, we did. So, it's,
0: it's all out there if you go and search it. We we went um, round by round. with all the comments yeah. in the audio. Yes, Julie. Julie asked you, would you would you
2: send it to me? Yes, that's right. Which you did. Yes, so, that's uh, right. Yes, so you know. People think lots of different things about podcasts, but I'm telling you, they've got some relevance. Just to just to keep it fresh in your mind. So that uh, that just eked out a bit more knowledge.
0: Did you um, did the players, because I think the other semi-final, wasn't it Ipswich who were a very good team? Was it Ipswich yeah. Man City? Did yes. you what you know, did the players sort of want one or the other? I presume you wanted Man City over over. We
2: desperate for Man City. There you are. Desperate. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ipswich were a very, yeah. very good team. Yeah. They, you know, there there wasn't a weakness in the Ipswich team, so we we'd always had trouble with them. So, so we needed uh, we needed Man City to get through. And yet, you know, I think you would all remember that the final was sort of billed as the footballers against the workers. Yeah.
0: And the hundredth well, okay. and the hundredth cup final as well, wasn't yep, it? Absolutely, yeah.
2: but, but but you know, that doesn't matter whether you're the footballers or not. If you don't work as strong as the workers, your your ability may not stand out, and that's the way it worked that game. So probably gone there too early that one.
0: Yeah, Julie. I mean, I remember obviously the, the first game we were goal, we were goal down. Uh, Tommy Hutchison, really, really good header. Then obviously is that you know again. Certain Tottenham fans have belief, whatever. I must admit, I was now sitting there 10 minutes to go, going, I can't see where's this goal coming from. <laughs> the goal, I mean, I, I, I admit it. The goal that we scored, and again, anyone chip in if they go, no, I remember one. I have never seen an own goal like that ever, whereby a player is in the wall, runs out of the wall, the ball hits him and he turns and it goes into the opposite corner i mean it's just if you talk about fate that your name is on the cup that split second to me said our name is on the cup
3: well i have to say just cruelly that goal gave me such a laugh (laughs) i just sat there so I didn't know whether I was laughing or crying. It was just so funny. I thought, "Take that, you bastards!" <laughs> you know, kicked us for, for most of this match, and this is fate. This is fate getting its own back. Um, yeah, it was. Um, I think probably that Tommy Hutchison own goal is one of those goals which still causes me the greatest satisfaction in all of the football I've ever watched. It was just brilliant. Just (laughs) brilliant.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Steve, did you know, again, you talked about after Hillsborough, you knew you were going to win that second game. Was it the same with the FA Cup, with the replay after the the first performance on the Saturday? Did you all realise? Yes. Right.
2: Yeah. And it typifies why we've, in my 17 years in the team, um, While well, we've never been a, a league team, because we we take two games to beat inferior teams, and it's why you know our record has been so good in the UEFA Cup over the years. You know you might fail in one game, but you got a chance to make it up. And of course, you if you fail badly and you lose, you lose in a semi final when it's a one off game of course when the replay comes um we we sort of learned our lessons we we had to learn too many lessons of a a first a poor first half showing of a game which is not not like today not the first 45 minutes the, the first 90 minutes and we were poor and you could say that against QPR as well the next year so um with all the talent we had in our team it still needed to be at the right time, at the right moment, thinking the right thought. We had to get it all right to win a game, and if we weren't quite right, it was the start of a struggle. But we, but we believe we could do it. Second game, and then you're a goal up early, and yeah, that goes along with a with a sort of narrative, and and then starts to go wrong again. What a goal, what a goal from the lad from the edge of the box. And then a the penalty, which sort of every time I've seen it, it looks like a penalty. I'm sure we didn't think that on the day, but um but then as Garth, Garth stepped up. I mean, Garth kept st- stepping up, didn't he? Arch- Archie really didn't do it on the big the big stage, did he?
0: Well, he did it in the League Cup final the next year, didn't he? We took took the lead against Liverpool in an early goal. Yeah uh, yeah
2: yeah of course he did yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but
0: yeah the 81 yeah yeah you know No, well it, it's 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 an incredible book and and for those of you for for a present for those of you who who know VSP we mentioned Doug cheese an incredible design for those of you've got some of these other coffee table books that VSP have done in the past go and get it as i said go to shop.visionsp.co.uk uh, put in tss and you get 20% off this book and while you're at it, get the Spurs shirt. Get Steve Pearman a Spurs forever. Get the official biography of Tottenham Hotspur. Go crazy. Uh, we're, we're recording this mostly sent into the mud. It's payday. Most of you just got paid. Come on, splash mm-hmm. out. Go mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So go yeah, and do yeah, yeah. that. And uh, uh, and uh, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Steve and Pleasure. Julie, for coming on. Pleasure. Lovely to see you, Julie. Crazier. Yeah. Julie,
2: have you have you been paid yet? don't answer that
0: talk later talk later (laughs) Uh, we'll be back next week I think on Friday the show we did with Jerry Armstrong will come out on Friday Uh, brilliant stories there and uh, uh, well worth listening next week we're joined by Katie Owen Marcus Buckland and Sean Cook until then Theo Thank you so much. Steve, thank you so much. Julie, uh, you've got five minutes to now. Put on BBC One and see Ah, who we've got in the fifth round of this season's FA Cup. We can do it again. (laughs) I'm coming (laughs) in Bristol
2: City. Yeah, Yeah, Bristol City. Let's see. Let's see if you're
0: right. Let's see. As long as we don't get Man City away. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There we are. Okay, we'll be back next week. Until then, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show... Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk
3: Sports Social Podcast Network
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse With family, cannolis and spins mean everything Now, you want to get
1: mixed up in
0: the family business Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com.